guys and welcome back to Fangirl Incorporated. I am back. Um, this time I can speak loudly and clearly because it's not like one in the morning. So um, welcome back to my podcast. This is your host Laura and um, I'm solo again today but I think that is relevant to our podcast because we're going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story uh, which came out last week. And we're also going to be talking about Galactic Nights because I got to go to Galactic Nights over the long weekend. And I also got to go to Megacon, but I don't have a lot to say about Megacon. I was only there for one day, um, so I'll leave that for the end. So uh, we're going to divide this into three parts. Our first part is going to be a solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, and basically my review, my thoughts about it, um, it's going to be spoiler filled so you have been warned um if you don't want to be spoiled for the movie or you haven't seen it yet you should stop now um if you do if you have seen it and you want to find out what i thought about it then you can keep on listening to the podcast um and then our second part is going to be just my experience at galactic nights what i thought about it um if i go back again uh, a few tips and tricks for it and finally I'll talk a little bit about Megacon so that is the plan for today's podcast so sit down buckle up hold on tight for this wild ride on the Millennium Falcon we're taking today All right, so we're going to talk about Solo Star Wars Story. This is your spoiler warning right here. I'm not going to say it again. There are tons of spoilers in this section of the podcast because I'm going to be talking about a movie that just came out one week ago. So if you do not want to be spoiled for Solo, this is your time to go. If you do want to be spoiled, please stay. Or if you just want to find out what I thought and you've already seen the movie, please stay as well. So um, before I start talking about the movie itself, I'm going to say... I'm salty, you know, um, there's been a lot, there's gonna be some cursing in this, so, again, excuse me, there's been a lot of shit going around in the fandom this last weekend, it had kind of died down after The Last Jedi, but it's back again, and some shit I've seen really makes me angry, so, some of that saltiness might sneak into this review, I'm gonna try to not let that happen, um, but yeah, I'm just giving you a fair warning about that. Um, Sometimes I wonder, why the heck did I get back into the Star Wars fandom? I have no clue. Um, Because shit like this kind of turns me off towards it, even though I've been having so much fun these last six months that I've been in the fandom again. Um, So, yeah, keep that in mind as you're listening to me. Anyway, Solo, A Star Wars Story came out last week. Um, I went and saw it on Friday, first time at Disney Springs with a jam-packed theater, which was great because I love audience reactions, um, and they were very reactive towards everything, which kind of gave me a clue of what they were thinking. Um, and then I saw it again yesterday back home, which is much smaller theater, like, Theaters here are rarely sold out. Um, Even for Infinity War, there were lots of seats open. So watching it on a weekday with a couple kids and parents was not that much of an audience reaction. But the good thing was I got to sit back on these reclining chairs and really enjoy the film. And 
get a lot more out of it than the first time where I was just wondering what the fuck was gonna happen, you know? Because um, I, had, I had not been spoiled for this movie at all. I didn't know anything. Um, except that Enfys was a girl, but that's not really much of a spoiler if you've been in the fandom for a while. But, um, you know, the second time you watch a Star Wars movie, you can just kind of relax and take it in and not have to be so worried about what's going to happen to these characters. Um, even though we kind of knew what was going to happen because these are known characters or not new characters. But, um, yeah, I was scared for the, the new characters for sure. All right, so... um let's start at the beginning by saying I really like this movie. Um, if you listen to my first podcast where I was talking about Star Wars in general and how I came to be in the fandom, I talked a lot about Rogue One and how much I didn't like it. Um, so I was very afraid that this movie would be like Rogue One, that it would be boring and that I would get nothing new out of it. And I was afraid of that. <laughs> um, I wasn't really worried about um, Alden. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Ugh, I hope I'm doing it right. I wasn't really about Al- worried about Alden being Han Solo. I really didn't care that much about it like some people did. Um, I didn't know enough about the new characters to care enough about them. So I came in kind of like a clean slate and just worried and hoping I wouldn't be bored to death like I was with Rogue One. Um, as it stands, Rogue One is probably my least favorite of the Star Wars films, um, which is weird because a lot of people think it felt like Star Wars, and I think the exact opposite of that. I think Rogue One could have just been any other movie um, if we removed some of the characters in there. It didn't feel like Star Wars to me at all. Whereas this movie really did feel like Star Wars to me, um, so I really enjoyed it. And it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. Rogue One was not fun. Rogue One was depressing and boring. And there was nothing in it that would make me want to go back and watch it. And I did even try and watch it a couple weeks ago again just because I thought maybe my feelings would change about it. No, I fall asleep after like five minutes of having it on on Netflix. Um, So clearly this is not a movie I enjoy at all. Um, And I don't think I'm ever going to watch again. Um, Sure, the last ten minutes are fun, but do they really give me any substance? No, I don't really need to watch this whole movie just for those minutes. Anyway, back to Solo. Um, I really enjoyed the movie and I loved the music. I particularly love Han's theme, the new theme composed by John Williams. I've been listening to the soundtrack in my car, so I like it even more now. And I really like um, Han and Kira's theme. It doesn't really have a name, but it's kind of played throughout the film. It's so romantic and, like, old school, and um, I don't know, I just love it. Like, when I heard it in the movie the first time, I was like, oh my god, I really love this love theme, and... I feel like the soundtrack for this movie feels like an Indiana Jones soundtrack, which makes a lot of sense, (laughs) Um, because this movie felt a lot like Indiana Jones to me, just like a fun free-for-all adventure where things kind of got serious at some points, but not really, so let's get into that full-on plot territory. So the plot for this movie is very straightforward. Um... 
A young Han is in love with Kira. They're kind of these kids slumming it in the streets trying to survive in Corellia. Um, Han finds this hyper fuel thing, uh, which he's ha- he has been sent to look for by this, I don't know, crime overlord slug lady. I think Lady Proxima was her name. Um, so he gets it, but he's not going to give it to her. He's going to use it to secretly sneak out f- off the planet with uh, Kira. So they kind of smuggle their way into an imperial area. I don't know. Transports? I'm not sure. Um, But before they can make it through, Kira gets captured. uh, And the whole plot plot is about Han trying to find his way back to her to get her out of this mess. Um, And along the way, he finds Chewie and he finds this group of bounty hunters. That's basically what they are. Um, etc. So let me start by saying I liked Alden a lot as, as Han. I thought he was witty and sympathetic and he's very cute and his moments with Kira were very soft and since the movie starts right off with the romance between Kira and Han, let's just go into that first, okay? Because I have a lot to say about it. Um, I was very worried <laughs> that this would make me feel uncomfortable watching Han and Leia later on, but it didn't, because Han was so in love with this girl. Like, you can see it, he's so soft around her. Um, I love when they're reunited on um, Voss's ship, and he kind of, like, grips her face between her hands and smiles because he's seeing her again for the first time. I just thought they were so romantic and so cute together, and... I don't at all feel uncomfortable with their relationship and with his relationship with Leia later on. I think they're completely different relationships. Um, And clearly we don't know what happens to Kira after this. um, So she's quite clearly alive by the end of the film. Um, But I'm guessing she died at some point before he married Leia. but, But I don't feel uncomfortable with their relationship interfering in any way with his relationship with Leia because they have such different relationships and Han in the relationship with Kira was kind of um he was a child he was immature and he was doing things before thinking about them and I feel like when he's with Leia he's much more mature and in many ways a different person though he's also in many ways the same person that he was before um, but I don't feel uncomfortable with their relationship, and I actually quite enjoyed it a bit. Um, and I enjoyed Kira a lot. And on that point, I have to talk about parallels here. <laughs> because clearly I went into this movie looking for parallels between Han and his son and Ben. Um, and I found a lot, but not between Han and Ben, but between Kira and Ben. I feel like in this movie, Han is taking Ray's journey... He's a kid growing up in the streets. He knows his dad, but we don't know what happens to his mom. He doesn't have a good relationship with the parents. Um, And then we have Kira, on the other hand, who is working for this crime overlord and is kind of his slave. Not kind of. She is his slave. Um, And at the end of it, even though she loves Han and wants to go with him, she ends up choosing the dark side. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um... So to me, like, the parallels between the characters were so clear, especially because there's a scene right 
at the end before they go to confront Voss and Han and Kira are on this elevator and they're talking about what's about to happen and Han is so optimistic about Kira leaving with him and Kira's like no you don't understand this is bigger than that and it's like it was it was almost too much for me it was like a parallel directly related to the last Jedi um, and that elevator scene between Ben and Ray, and how she's telling him that she knows he's gonna turn and Ben's trying to tell her it's not gonna be that easy you know there's a lot at stake here and I don't think you understand that and clearly Ray didn't just as Han doesn't here so I think it's very interesting that we get those Ben Kira and Han Ray parallels um, which make a lot of damn sense <laughs> In retrospect, um, and the golden dice are also incredibly important in this movie. They start off with a zoom in onto this dice, and the movie literally ends with a zoom in on the dice on the Falcon. So clearly, they're gonna have much more significance than we even considered them having. So that was an interesting point as well. Now let's talk about the other stuff, the controversial stuff, because there's always controversial stuff in Star Wars movies. Um, the women in the movies, um, particularly L3 and Val. I've seen a lot of people um, being very upset by the fact that they both die in this movie and that it feels like their deaths are pointless. Um, and I have to agree at least for one of the characters, for Val. She um, kills herself during that train heist, um, and I wouldn't be against it, except that it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Um, she's just like, oh, well, I uh, can't get off this bridge without sacrificing this mission. I guess the only option I have is to kill myself and blow this ship up with this um, bridge off with me, even though the plan goes terribly wrong anyways. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, she didn't have to die on that bridge. Um, she could have had so much more to do. And I feel like she needed that because she wasn't a developed character at all. Um, and I wish she'd lived a little bit longer. I don't mind if she died later on. Just don't kill her off for, like, the stupidest reason you could find. So, um... I would agree with that, but I don't agree with L3. I don't think her death was pointless or, you know, a sob moment for the fanboys or a sob moment for Lando. I don't agree with that. Just as I don't agree with her being an SJW trope. Listen, L3 is a robot. Yes, she thinks she's a girl. But she's not human. She's a robot. And she's fighting for the rights of robots. Not female robots. Just robots. Who have no sex. So, like, my mind trying to wrap around people trying to say that she's an SJW character in Star Wars just doesn't compute. <laughs> It, this does not compute. It does not compute in my mind. It really doesn't. It it sounds like utter bullshit and stupid shit. It really does. It's like 
saying Hermione riling up for the rights of the house elves in Harry Potter was, you know, a feminist trope or an SJW trope, which it wasn't. Because they're not real. They're not humans. Okay, guys, so that's stupid. Um, And I think that the plot for the uh, droid or robot... um, rights rebellion type thing was very interesting we first saw that a little bit in the last shot um which i think develops l3's character a little bit more um and makes a lot more sense than that um so i thought that was very interesting and i thought l3 was such a fun character and yes i was sad to see her go but i I also knew she was gonna die at some point because she's clearly not in any of the other movies um, but I'm glad that she lives on somehow and that she lives on as part of the Falcon. Um, that was, that blew my mind. I hadn't even considered the fact that she might be part of the Falcon. Um, so I thought that was a great touch and, um, I'm glad she still lives on in some way, but I think all this controversy around her is kind of ridiculous, um, especially coming from males who are saying that. You know, she's just an insert for Kathleen Kennedy, which is... I'm trying to calm my salts down, because I have a lot to say, but this is not the podcast to say it. <laughs> this is my review of Solo. Um, anyway, I loved L3 a lot. Um, I don't think she ever had sex with Lando. She was joking, guys. Um... When in the book, in the last in last shot, she talks about being more interested in female coded robots or or women. So I think she was just teasing Kira. So I didn't take that scene seriously at all. Um, though I wouldn't put it past Lando to have some love affair with a robot. I mean, he's done it with aliens. He could do it with a robot. That's not it's not a big deal. All right, now speaking of Lando, let's talk about. Uh, Donald Glover, I thought he was so good as Lando. I already knew he was going to be good just from the trailers and like the way he looked. Um, And he wasn't in the movie a lot, which surprised me. But he was excellent as Lando and I really enjoyed him. He was just like the old Lando. I have really nothing else to say. He was a lot of fun and it was a lot of fun seeing how he was so close to all three and he's tried to respect her boundaries and how... Him and Han came to be at odds. It was just, this was a lot of cute interactions between him and Han and um, and L3. So I, I really enjoyed him. Um, I really enjoyed the rest of the cast too. I, I really enjoyed Beckett. Um, Woody House, Harrison is always great, so I'm not surprised there. Um, and I really liked... Uh, Voss, played by this guy whose name is escaping me right now. Oh no. Um, let me Google him. Played by Paul Bettany. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting his name. Played by Paul Bettany. Um, he was really good too. I really liked the way that he had to, like, his um, scars flared up when he was really angry and then they kind of calmed down and I really thought it was interesting his relationship with Kira because there's a lot left unsaid here when they walk into that ship of his and he has like that party going on 
that immediately sent red flags of prostitution to me. Um, and Kira tracks, talks about human trafficking earlier on in the movie. So to me, his whole deal seemed to be the human trafficking of women um, and prostitution. He was kind of like the pimp. He was Kira's pimp. So I thought that it was very interesting how that came across so easily without even saying those words. You could just tell that Kira has been through a lot of stuff and that a lot of this stuff is probably sexual, which is just really sad. Um, and she's right. I don't think Han could ever look at her the same way if he found out everything that she's had to do to survive. Um, and she knows that, and it's just really sad. Um, and speaking of those things, I think it's very clear that this was a highly sexual Star Wars film. I know that before that, The Last Jedi was very sexual, but in a more subconscious way. This one was not. It just hit you in the face with it. Just this whole sex trafficking thing, and then... Um, Lando's comments, L3's comments, and that scene in the uh, closet with um, Lando, with, with Han and Kira, where they make out, they full on make out in that closet, um, and Han fully talks about having sex on the Falcon, so that was, that was interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, I think I've addressed everything I wanted to talk about. I really enjoyed this movie. I've seen it twice and I could probably see it one more time. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to. Um, but if I do, I'd like to see it one more time. I just thought it was a lot of fun. It was beautifully shot. It was great. Oh, I almost forgot to talk about Enfys Nest, who is the sweetest, most beautiful child in this movie. And she's such a good fighter. And I wish we had more scenes with her. I just hope she pops up again in another standalone, maybe in the Boba Fett standalone that they seem to be making right now, because I really don't care at all about Boba Fett, but if Enfys Ness is in it in some shape or form, I will watch it, I'm sure. Um, I really liked her character, and I really liked her design, so. Alright, back to my wrap-up. Um, I really enjoyed Solo Star Wars Story. I suggest to all you fanboys that are boycotting this because you hated The Last Jedi, go watch it. I don't think it's fun to judge something before you've even seen it, so give it a chance. If you still hate it, go ahead and blog about it or whatever it is you do. If you love it, say it and don't blame The Last Jedi for it because really the only people who are... Um, damaging this film box office-wise are the people that said they were going to boycott it. It has nothing to do with The Last Jedi, okay? Why don't you come up with your own... <sighs> I'm inhaling a peaceful spirit. I need to be at peace. <laughs> Alright, guys. Um, that is my take on Solo Star Wars Story. I would give it a solid B- if I was grading this like a paper. Um, B- for Solo Star Wars Story. Lots of fun. N n cool new female characters. Cool new characters in general. And um, just a lot of story. I 
finished talking about Solo and I didn't talk about Darth Maul at the end of the movie. So I'm making a little interlude to talk about it, even though I don't have a lot to say. Um, it was surprising. I didn't expect to see any lightsabers in, these mo- in this movie. And um, in comes Darth Maul at the end and lights up his lightsaber. Um, I haven't watched Rebels, but I do know that, that Darth Maul is alive. So that wasn't as shocking to me as to some other people that don't know he's actually alive. But it was shocking to me that um, this Vlas guy seemed to be working for him and that Kira goes with him or to him at the end. I don't exactly know what this means, but it makes me really curious to find out what is up with Kira right now. Where is she? What's going on with her? Is she alive? Is she dead? I'm guessing she is dead, but um, it's just interesting to me. And I could immediately tell that people were going to start making up theories about how she's Rey's mom and Darth Maul is her dad. (laughs) Um, Which I don't believe, but I get where you would see that. (laughs) Um, So that just filled me up with a lot of curiosity and I just want to find out more about it. And that's really all I have to say about Darth Maul. He looked kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alright guys, so we're gearing up for um, part two of this podcast, and part two of this podcast is going to be all about uh, Star Wars Galactic Nights. So for those of you that don't know what that is, it is a special event that takes place at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and I think this is only the second time they've done it. Um, They did it last year, and I believe it was on Star Wars Celebration Weekend, I might be wrong. Um... But I was not here. I had not moved to Florida yet, so I was unable to go. But this year I went, um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, mind you, I did not pay the full $129 that it costs, so it, I got a discount for that. Um, so I went at a discounted pl- price. I wouldn't tell you it's worth $130. Because you can get a full day at a park for that price. And this event started at 7. Even though you could get in at the park starting at 4. Um, it started at 7. So I think that price is still a little high for that. But you make your own judgments. Um, so I went to this. I was very excited. I was going alone. Because no one could really afford the ticket price. Um, and it was my first time going into the parks completely alone for an entire night. And... I had so much fun, and it went by in, like, a flash. Um, I got there at about 5. You're allowed to wear costumes to this event, so I wore my uh, Ray cosplay. Um, I got there about 5 because I was having a Ray meetup with all the other girls I'd met at Comic-Con the day before. So we kind of met up at 5, took our pictures, got our um, lanyards and all that stuff, and off we went. Um, I did some rides before the event officially started, and they had this really nice thing where you could get a photo pass memory maker for that night for only $39. So I got that because I thought it was a great value. Pictures, uh, photo pass pictures are very expensive, and I could get every picture I took that night, which are professional pictures, for a low price. So I went ahead and did that. 
and then I started just getting in line for stuff. Now, my main goal was to do photo ops, so I focused on that, but there were two show offerings. One of them was about um, Star Wars land and construction and all of that, and the other was a, um, Meet the Stars of Star Wars, um, and we had Junis, oh, I don't remember his last name, Junis, who plays Chewbacca, was there, um, we had David Warwick, who's there as well, and we had Ashley Eckstein, who was doing a signing of her book, so those were our three major celebrities, I didn't really, I wasn't really that interested in finding out more about them, so I didn't go to the, to the show, and I just focused on photo ops, the photo ops were the best, like the sets. We had a set with K2SO. We had a set in front of um, Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge with Stormtroopers. There was a Smut Hut photo op, which was the best and had no line. Um, for those of you to know, that don't know Smut Hut, um, it is the hut in The Last Jedi where um, Rey and Kylo touch hands. So we had that. <laughs> um, there was a Tatooine Sand Raiders. There was a Rancor. There was that beast that is sealing BB-8 in Force Awakens and I can't remember the name of. There was that. There was a Seven Sister photo op which looked amazing and I took pictures at even though I had no clue what the Seven Sisters were because I haven't watched Rebels. Oops. Um, am I missing anything? Oh, and there was a throne room, like the Emperor's throne room from The Last Jedi, which was the best photo op because you got to sit on the chair and they put in two red guards beside you, so it looked amazing. So I did all of them, and every time you went to one of those, you'd get like a little sticker that you could put on your lanyard and you were trying to complete this scavenger hunt, um, which I did. So, um, I did all the photo ops throughout the night, and then I went also into Star Wars Launch Bay and took pictures with Rey and Chewbacca. Now, Rey does not normally meet here, at least not at Hollywood Studios. We only have Chewbacca. So, it was great that that was the first line that I did. First, because I was dressed up as Rey, and because I just wanted a picture with Rey. So, um, I did that first, and she was super sweet, and answered all my questions and gave me a great big hug and I loved it. Um, after that, uh, Darth Vader was usually where Kylo Ren meets, um, which was confusing because I got into that line and I did the line thinking I was going to meet Kylo and it ended up being Darth Vader, which was fine. I was going to take a picture with him anyway, but I wish I'd known that before. I think they switched them at some point during the night because when I took my picture with Ray, it was Kylo that was meeting there. So it was kind of a little weirdly timed. Anyway, I took my picture with Darth Vader um, and then went on to take a picture with Kylo. Mind you, it was Kylo and Phasma and this was a 75 minute wait. It was the longest wait for character photo ops. Um, and this line consisted of around 80% women who were dressed up either as Rey, a female Kylo, or a dark Rey. Um, and I thought it was hilarious, because we all had the same cell phone cover uh, of Ben Solo 
from the last Jedi, and even the 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 photo pass lady who had my phone to take a picture was like, again with these phone covers, I keep seeing them tonight. I just thought that was so funny. Anyway, I went and did my photo op with Kylo and Phasma, and this Kylo was great. I went in and said, "Hi Ben, how are you?" And he's like, "Don't ever use that name on me again." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, calm down. Let's just take a picture." Um, and he got in real close, trying to intimidate me like he always does. I was like, come on, Kylo. You know, you can't intimidate me anymore. And he literally walked into a corner and sulked. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, so that picture came out great. Um, what else did I do photo ops with? I think that's everyone. Um, oh, they had Ewoks in front of Star Tours. And they were kind of free roaming. So you did, there wasn't a line or anything. And they were like the sweetest, cutest little... Oh my gosh, I wish I could have stayed there all night. They were, like, dancing. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that's everyone that I took pictures with. They had some droids from the Droid Builder Society just kind of running around that you could take pics with. Um, but it was just a lot of fun. They also had, like, special food. I didn't really try any of it because I wasn't really interested. But they did have special food opportunities at different locations. Um, what else did I do? Um, that's it. I kind of just walked around. I met a lot of amazing people in lines that I talked to for a while. They had a dance party going on. I went in there and did the cha-cha slide for a little bit. Uh, I rode Star Tours like twice. The last time they had stormtroopers in the queue. So that was cool because they, they were kind of like messing around with people as you walked in. There were very few people there because the park closed down, so every ride was like five or ten minute long lines, which was amazing. Um, even though I only wrote um, Toy Story and Star Tours, uh, they had Rock and Roller Coaster, which has been turned into a Star Wars version. I don't ride Rock and Roller Coaster because it goes upside down and I can't handle that, but I, I really wish I could have gone on that um, just to see the Star Wars overhaul. And then this they had a projection show on... The Hollywood Tower Hotel on Tower of Terror, which was really nice, too. Um, I wish I could have stayed and watched more of it, but I feel like it, they went on forever, and there were other things I wanted to do. Um, I saw the fireworks right before I left, which were fun because they changed a lot of stuff in them. Um, they had a Han Solo segment, like a solo movie segment, and they had a... Um, the last Jedi segment that was different. They didn't have a Kylo segment, just this segment with Ben and the fight in the throne room at the end and all of that. So all in all, I I had a ton of fun. I can't wait to go again and see what new characters they have, what new um, sets they have for you to take pictures at. Um, I really wish they had an Ahsoka meet and greet because I know Ahsoka has been there before. So... Um, maybe next time but i did have an awesome time and i can't wait to go again all right finally i'm gonna talk about megacon this is gonna be like a short little interlude um i went to megacon on saturday i was dressed up as hero ray um got there pretty early left pretty late i walked like Four miles that day. I'm exhausted still. Um, it was my first Megacon. It was very, very fun. Um, 
I met all the rays. We had like a ray photo shoot and there were like 30 of us and it was amazing. I just had a lot of fun and the ladies were so nice. Um, uh, tons of vendors, um, tons of Star Wars cosplayers. It was like the fangirl's dream. So I had a lot of fun and I can't wait for the next convention. They're having, I'm going to Tampa Bay Comic Con in August and then in September they're having Megacon, like a smaller Megacon here in Tampa. So I'm also going to be attending that and yeah, I'm just excited for cons to come and uh, talking to you guys about everything that goes down on them, uh, at them. So yeah. That's about it for this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed my solo review and my um and my Galactic Nights review. Um, and I will be back very soon, hopefully next week, uh, talking about something new. I'm finishing some Star Wars books up, so that might be the next thing that I talk about. Um, thank you guys for all your continued support. Uh, a lot of you really reached out to me after the first episode of this podcast saying you really enjoyed it and that meant a lot to me, like, people I, I admire listen to this podcast, like, the ladies from uh, the Knights of Rant um, and Scavengers Horde, both podcasts that I love with all my heart, so thank you so much for just even giving this a try, uh, and I hope that you guys keep listening. Uh, if you're interested in finding me on social media, I'm Caribbean Princess almost everywhere, so that's Caribbean normal spelling princess p-r-n-c-s-s p-r-n-c-s-s and you can find me anywhere on instagram on twitter and that's about it that's all i have you can find me on youtube too if you want to um yeah thank you so much for listening to this um please leave your reviews please tell everyone about this podcast i'm trying to get it off the ground um and i'm having so much fun doing it and i hope you're having just as much fun listening to it Thank you for all the support, and I will see you guys next week. May the force be with you all. <laughs>